0: Last week, Pastor Dave led us through material um, from chapter one and helped us to draw a mental picture of who God is, and he said that based on our past and our current experiences, our views of God may be different from one another, and in fact, it may change over time. So as—this thing's going to drive me crazy. Yep. All right. As a resource for you, I gave you the blue handout. It's double-sided, and here's the trick. You have the blue handout, and I'll put it away. Because the blue handout is for you to use later. It's all the names of God that we find in Scripture either explicitly said, like shepherd, or ideas referred to, uh, like foundation and so forth. And um, that could be useful for different spiritual disciplines. If you were in my class in spiritual disciplines last year, we used that to pray or meditate on the names of God. But when our ideas of who God is... Um, can shift throughout our lives. I wanted to give you a handout reminder of these are the biblical ideas of who God is. And so um, perhaps there's a name on there that you connect with better at this point in your life, and then perhaps next year there'll be another name you connect with better. So I wanted that, uh, just to give you that as a resource. Because Christ followers are considered children of God, knowing who God is, helps us to define and understand who we are. And so that's the transition today from chapter one to chapter two, knowing who God is, chapter one, to understand who we are. So today we're gonna focus on our identity. Now our identity can shift and change somewhat It can be confusing to figure out what it means to be God's child, and it can be even harder to continue to live into that identity, especially when hard things happen that make us question themselves. Now, at this point, I need to tell you that I had a story ready to go about my teenagers and how my identity changes because I am the mother of two teenagers. There are two teenagers living in my house. Two. (laughs) And so I asked my son for permission to share that story this morning, and he said no. I had planned on him saying yes. <laughs> let me just say. <laughs> <for> the <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's this boy. His his name starts with N and ends in OA, but I'm not going to say who his name is. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, let me just say were you going to say something, Jeff? He uh, asked me downstairs to make sure mom does not know that story. Okay. <laughs> so. <laughs> Lesson wow. learned. Let's just say that... Yeah, exactly. yeah, Let's just say that having teenagers can mess with your identity. Can I get a witness? Um, you can feel as though you are one person, and then five seconds later you can be told that you are another. And so needing to remember who you are in the midst of day-to-day parenting is very important. But in similar ways, day-to-day lives can affect how we see ourselves when our core identity is messed with. And that can happen with big things, like losing a loved one, going through a big life transition, feeling hurt by someone else. It suddenly changes how we view ourselves. And I wonder, as I mention those things, if something has sprung to your mind. Well, this quote from Henry Nouwen gets at the confusion we tend to have about our identity. And I'll read it for us. The world tells you many lies about who you are, and you simply have to be realistic enough to remind yourself of this. Every time you feel hurt, offended, or rejected, you have to dare to say to yourself, These feelings, strong as they may be, are not telling me the truth about myself. The truth, even though I cannot feel it right now, is that I am the chosen child of God, precious in God's eyes, called the beloved from all eternity, and held safe in an everlasting belief. When we are uncertain about our true identity, we begin feeling inferior and think some things, and maybe you can kind of consider whether you've thought these things recently. We can think we're no good. We can think we can't do anything right. We can think I am not enough. We can easily fall prey to half-truths and deceptions and straight-out lies about who we are. So how can we truly understand that we are, as Christ followers, chosen children of God? Well, chapter 2 in our book covers this idea, and if you, um, by chance, didn't read chapter 2 before this week, that is totally fine. Um, Perhaps I'd really encourage you to read chapter 2 this coming week. So we're not alone in this process of figuring out who we are, as Edith alluded to, Jesus was human, and so like us, he needed to know who he was. In the Gospels, we see that Jesus received his identity from his Father. So here's some examples. When Jesus was baptized in the river, in the Jordan River by John the Baptist, he emerged from the water and heard God the Father speak his identity. We can read this story in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. God said to his son, does anybody remember some of the phrases that God spoke about Jesus? Go ahead, don't whisper it, say it out loud.
1: He was my beloved, I'm very proud of him. Yes. To use the word
0: proud. It's okay. Yeah, my beloved, I'm proud of him. Yeah, anything else?
1: For whom I'm, well pleased.
0: I'm sorry? Well-pleased, well pleased. listen to him. That's right. Um, here's what he said. He um, said, he said, and it's spoken differently in different gospels, you are my son, the beloved, with you I am well pleased. Imagine hearing right after you're baptized, God the Father speaking your identity in those terms. And for everybody else to hear, was that true? Could it, was it audible? Okay, just checking with the pastor. Um, imagine getting your identity. And Jesus received his identity, I need you to note, from beyond himself. He went from his baptized then, and he could accomplish his Father's will. And here's some other examples of when Jesus heard his identity. Um, This is when he may have been questioned. This is when his identity needed reconfirmed. Or this is when he himself needed to rely on his identity. First, we see when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, the devil explicitly said to him, if you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. That's in Luke 4 questioning his identity. When Jesus was transfigured on the mountaintop in Matthew 17, God spoke Jesus's identity and said, this is my son whom I love with him. I am well pleased. Listen to him. And then Jesus himself relied on that identity with his father. When he was suffering on Calvary, we see this in Luke 23, he called out for strength to his Abba father. He said, father, Into your hands I commit my spirit. So our book's author, Trevor Hudson, writes that we often search for the answer of who we are in a few different directions. You can consider whether or not this is true in your life. Sometimes these directions can be very helpful. Sometimes, if done alone, they they can be kind of hurtful. So first of all, we often look for answers of who we are by looking inward. And we can do this by seeing a counselor. We can do this by... Meeting with a Stevens minister, I have done that, and it's so very helpful. Um, It's a very healthy thing to look inward, to be introspective, but we can't solely do that to determine who we are. So second place we often turn to figure out our identity is looking toward others, family, friends, colleagues. They play a part in telling us who we are. Now sometimes, oh no, this can be negative and hurtful. But however, we do need community to speak truth in our lives. And I've been studying the book 2 Timothy with some students from Malone and a verse we ran across talks about this idea of community speaking our identity to us. 2 Timothy chapter 4 says that we are to correct, rebuke, and encourage each other. The third way that we can figure out who we are aside from looking inward, looking toward others, is looking at our achievements. The author says that Quote, we assume automatic relationship between our accomplishments and an inner assurance of significance. I'll say that again. (laughs) We assume automatic relationship between accomplishment and an inner assurance of significance. Imagine if you don't feel like you've done things significant, then what that does to your identity accomplishments and achievements are an important part of being fulfilled but they have to flow from a personal center which is already assured of its identity i'll read this quote for you it's by archbishop desmond tutu you don't have to earn god's love it is not a matter for human achievement you exist because god loves you already you are a child of divine love How do we truly come to terms with this idea that we are beloved, that we are children of God? Well, if you read this chapter, you'll see that there's some really helpful exercises that I would recommend to you this week. But today, we're going to come up with an exercise around our tables. And now this is when you're allowed to get that orange worksheet and take a look at it. All right, so we have some reading to do. And you may not get through this whole worksheet. You could just look at half of it. But what I'd like to do is have a few minutes of silence in the room for us to look through at least half of the verses. And these verses are verses in the Bible that explicitly say, this is what God thinks of you. As you look through a chunk of verses, I'd like you to make note. You can write it on your paper or just maybe make note of it in your head of verses that it's difficult for you to believe. That it is difficult for you to believe. So let's have some silence, and then after it looks like some people are done reading, I'll give some instructions. all right what i'd like us to do don't worry if you haven't read through that whole sheet yet um what i'd like you to take turns doing around your table and and whenever we do table exercises like this we'd like to make sure you remember that you are welcome to pass and not speak but we do encourage you to try and so if you're just somebody that doesn't want to take part in this that's okay you need to give each other space to say pass or if you're a card player. Anyway, um, (laughs) um, so what I'd like you to do is um, for each person who would like to say what, pick one verse and say, this one was difficult for me to believe. And if you want to, you can also briefly add, this is why this is difficult for me to believe. I'll give you 10 minutes to do that. we're going to take two more minutes so if someone hasn't had a chance to talk yet let them speak Okay, I'd like us to come back together. We'll have another chance to talk around the table here soon. Um, I'm hoping that we could just hear a few of the verses that were chosen. You don't need to say why you chose it, but if you could just raise your hand and Pam will come with the microphone, if you could say, This is the verse, this is one of the verses that somebody mentioned at our table that we have trouble believing is our identity. So raise your hand and Pam will come to you with the microphone. Let's see how much we can get her to run. So next time somebody from this table. We had a little
2: trouble with, um, uh, I determined the exact time of your birth and where you would live. We were wondering about being born in Woodville, Ohio. and
0: <laughs> Did anybody else, would anybody else um, say if they chose that verse? okay they're table, table did too okay I, I just want you to see it's helpful for you to know you're not alone in wondering these questions about God what were you going to say
3: I chose you when I planned creation
0: anybody else select that verse any individuals okay all right who else would like to mention a verse somebody from this side of the room after that
2: even the hairs on your head are numbered. And I said, I don't know how he can keep track of that because I'm losing hair every day.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that just shows how much he knows, huh? <laughs> Someone from over here? This is a shorter
1: story. <laughs> oh.
4: <laughs> I'm your provider, and I will meet all your needs. I am your provider, and I will meet all your needs.
0: Did anybody else choose that one? It's it's hard to think of. That was, yeah. Yes. One more. Jerry, Jerry. Jerry doesn't Uh, need the microphone. Go ahead. uh,
1: I don't. But, you know, I I was just thinking uh, 20 years ago, I would have said, I'm Dr. Smith Uh, in introducing myself as as my identity. Over the years, that has hardly been true, and now I just introduced myself as Jerry Smith. Uh, So that identity of doctor is gone, except in some remote memories. Okay. Uh, But, you know, I have a new identity. I'm the the guy that goes to the camp. I'm the guy that goes to the Indian Reservation (laughs) Uh, and on and on. Uh, It's, I just am a different person.
0: All right. Thank you. (laughs) All right, so we're going to do, we're going to look at that list again. I'd like you to take just a couple minutes to scan through that handout again. And I'd like you as individually to note a verse or verses that best help you to understand that you are God's beloved child what verse or verses help you to understand that you are God's beloved child? And we'll do as we did before. Once you've kind of chosen one of the verses, please share it at your table, and I'll give you until 10 o'clock to talk about that. asked to rephrase the question. Yeah, repeat it. Um, just pick a verse or verses on there that help you to understand, yes, this is my identity as God's child. Let's take two more minutes to share, two more minutes. Okay, we're going to come back together. There's really good discussion. I'm sorry to have to cut into your discussion. <laughs> no, <laughs> "No, I'm not. What I'd like to do is spend the last 15 minutes um, emphasizing another point that we see in chapter 2 in this book that I think is important, and it is that Being rooted in our identity as a beloved child of God enables us to better reach out to others and see their belovedness. Um, So as we learn who we are, we can reach out to see others and see what their identity is. And um, if you have your book, and if you don't have your book, you can share with somebody next to you, or somebody can share with you. Turn to the bottom of page 32. Bottom of page 32, <clears throat> I'll read this, and then we're going to try this together at your tables. Um, if you want to use that yellow piece of paper, there's some space on there for you to write. So I'll read through this experiment, and then we're going to try it at our tables. Think of the person you are most likely to meet next. She or he may be your spouse, a close friend, a working colleague, or a complete stranger. Ponder the holy mystery of who they truly are. Like yourself, this person is unconditionally loved and accepted by God and Jesus Christ. As you prepare to meet him or her, ask the Holy One to help you affirm their belovedness. You can communicate this affirmation by the way in which you listen through attitudes expressive of courtesy and respect, or by some helpful, I'm sorry, specific helpful action. And then later, after you do that, you may want to reflect on your encounter and consider whether it drew you closer to the divine lover. So what I'd like you to do is, um, on a piece of paper or just in your mind, think of the person you are likely to meet next. Let's just say, after church today, after we're done worshiping, after we head home. Think of a person that you're likely to meet the rest of this day. Consider who they are. They are loved just like you in every way listed on that orange paper. So what are you going to do about that? How are you going to relate to them knowing that? And this is what the author would like you to either write down or consider. So in in a couple minutes, first we're going to do this in silence. I'd like you to either think or write down who is that person and in what ways could I relate to them to communicate to them, you are a beloved, I know who you are in Christ. All right, so do that silently for just a couple minutes and then we'll do some out loud talking. All right, Pam, can I get you to do the microphone again? Thank you. Let's have a group conversation for our last eight minutes or so together. And you don't need to, no, um, we'll we'll use the mic. We'll have people raise their hands and Pam can help. Um, you don't need to share who that person is, but what are ways that you can communicate to that person clearly their identity as someone who is beloved? What are actions that we can have relationally to reach out to others and communicate the truth of their belovedness? Let's brainstorm. So if you would like to speak, raise your hand, and Pam will come to you.
1: Is it okay to use a person that you talked to over the phone yesterday? Sure. I uh, have my uh, youngest son, our youngest son, Greg's wife, mother died uh, about, 10 days ago and I don't know why but it, well I, I had told her because her father died when she was seven and so I told her that I would be her father uh, back there when they first got married and, and she, she has utilized that too and so I don't know what it was Joanne and Brian my son-in-law minister said it was God speaking to me I decided to call her yesterday afternoon she's still in Africa she just burst into tears. She was in the lowest kind of position anybody could be in. She'd had problems with her mother. Her mother's dead, yeah. and we talked for a half hour. That bill's going to be something else. Uh, but <laughs> wait,
0: who placed uh, the call? You're not but,
1: but I, you know, I reiterated all the things, boosting her up and her mother and her relationship with her mother and all that kind of thing, uh, for a half an hour and. Uh, uh, That's that's. Mm -hmm. I think that's who I am. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm. I do that kind of thing without any effort.
0: So just very clearly speaking to each other and building each other up, which was, let's see, build one another up. But anyway, that's
1: because I'm a child of God that I can. Sure,
0: you can out of the core of your identity, knowing who you are, you can convey that love to someone else. That's great.
1: Some of you have also acted as a prayer partner in our food ministry. But when I heard that question, I immediately thought of when, when we are there, the person who walks down the hallway to sit at your table, you don't know, you may never have seen before. They may be the kind of person that would scare the daylights out of if you pass them on the sidewalk in the dark. And it is really amazing how you can have a relationship in a very short period of time because you have to get another person coming through waiting to get their food uh you can you can share god's love so easily with these people because they just want someone to care
0: very good god's love transcends what we look like, what we wear all of that and and we could do that at food clothing and ministry. we could do that today in church there may be people that come and and It doesn't matter if they look different, if they have different clothes on, if they, whatever. God looks on the heart and not on the appearance. And so to convey God's love to them clearly, no matter what, is important. Wendy.
4: I would just add on to that, um, that the, the, the wonderful gift that prayer partners give is listening. That's really, you may be the only person who really, truly took the time to listen to what's going on in their lives. It's a wonderful, wonderful gift. Mm-hmm. And I would just add, for me, kindness has really been elevated in my life, because um, mm-hmm. um, I know what it's like to have people treat me unkindly. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, oh, kindness, how simple, the fruit of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but i just add that.
0: Right. And, you know, um, the fruit of the spirit, what a good, a helpful thing that you could look at. Is that Galatians? Um, <laughs> I'm a pastor, but I can't remember things. Um, so, yes, yeah. So I asked Dave. <laughs> you could have said yes or no. and would be like, oh, good. It was confirmed. But um, the, the fruit of the spirit is helpful. But listening to who can you go and just listen to today and not just listen, but say, I'd like to know what's happening in your life. Will you tell me? What a great way to convey God's love.
5: Yeah, I, I'll i be spending the afternoon with Jeannie and Allie, my wife and my daughter, and we don't get a lot of time to do other things, and add to that that I'm an introvert, and I live in my preoccupations, so I've got lots of things going around in my mind at one time, and so um, I think about this afternoon, how do I, how do I engage Jeannie and Allie? We're going to go see The Hobbit play, which is nothing we ever do. I mean, we don't do those kind of things, and yet... Simply giving the time, um, saying something else can be forgone uh, in order that, that time can be shared, um, and then finding that gentle way of of making the point that Jesus spent time with us—it's the same same kind of truth.
0: As the microphone's going, it's thought struck me I just wanted to say that maybe some of us in this room are at a point where we're feeling so sad about our own identity that it's hard to reach out to others but speaking to others and encouraging their belovedness is closely tied to the spiritual discipline called gratitude. Gratitude battles against Feelings of sadness sadness and worthlessness on our own part where it seems like you're just focused and tunnel-visioned on your own stuff. Reaching out and saying what you're grateful for or speaking someone's belovedness to them can actually help break through that tunnel vision of your own sadness and, and can help in that. So I just want to mention that. Go ahead.
1: L- Linda, the problem that I have too often, I try to to play God and try to create people myself by giving advice about this is what I think God wants of you, and and I think that's the problem I have. I do it mostly with my wife. (laughs) I try to to recreate her into what I think God wants, and yet it's what I want. And It is an admission, but it is a problem that perhaps many of us have, Mm -hmm. that too often when we're trying to be kind we're trying to recreate or trying to give people sure. what what we want rather than trying to see them in the, in the light of what god wants of them
0: exactly or or a personality who we think they should be we're like this so why should not everybody else be like this but yet god's created us each so uniquely we need to see who they are was there a hand okay Jim, you were doing that
1: your whole life sorry but <laughs>
0: Go ahead
3: Jim, I, I can so relate to that, only not necessarily with with Steve, but you know those you care about most, obviously the, but I, for me, and i don't know if uh, many of the rest of you feel this way it's always the, those that you love the most, those are the that are closest to you that you think about first and have the urgency of sharing Jesus Christ if you feel that they you know that they don't really know him and identify. And it, it's it's exactly that. You know, how do you relate to someone that you love and, and want them to know Jesus Christ and know the belovedness uh, of Jesus Christ without it sounding like, you know, you, you really need to do this? And, you know, that, that urgency of of sharing, but doing it in a way, and we talked about this in our group, you can do things by example, you know I've tried to do that my my whole life you know with my children, most especially, but if you feel you're not being very effective, you know you start to get desperate, and again, I think I'm probably having those feelings because I've just spent the entire year uh studying revelation, so you know you know where I'm coming from, but um, yeah, I mean. I know what he's saying. I'm sure many others of you have that have those same feelings, especially with those that you love the most. It, for me, it's easy to share with a stranger. I can make a comment to to somebody I've known for three minutes, and and feel good about it, and and think, well, whatever they think, okay. But you know, I feel like I at least made a decent comment, you know, to that person. But it's the ones that you love the most. It's so hard mm-hmm. because sometimes they don't want to talk, you know, it's not a subject they really want to talk about.
0: Well, and we have a lot of baggage in our relationships, and so it's hard to speak those things that are true more clearly, yeah. Let's hear one more, one more.
2: I was lucky to have a very wise mentor growing up. There were five girls and one boy. The boy never spoke. He never had a chance. And But the five five girls would complain about each other. And and the the wise mentor of my mother would say when any one of us were complaining about one or the other, she would listen. Okay, that's your sister. You love her. You know how she is. That's the way she is. And what... It taught me was acceptance for someone who wasn't like me. It also I saw my mother's unconditional love for each one of us, no matter no matter what personality we had, what behaviors we had, whatever. It was an, an empathy, an acceptance, and a love that transcended. Our differences. And in, the, in our family, I have to say as, a, as adults, with all of our different types of families and habits and all of that, there's never been anger between any of the sisters. There's just an acceptance that that's the way they are. And I think when that happens, the good stuff comes back at you.
0: Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, I want to speak um, uh, God's love to you, God's truth to you in the form of a closing blessing before we uh, head out from here. So here these words from Paul speaking to the Ephesians in Ephesians chapter 3. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being Amen.
4: Thank you, Linda. Um, I want to, uh, in case you didn't get a schedule for uh, the um, classes, next week we're reading Chapter 3, Developing a Christian Memory. Um, And for better or for worse, I'll be the one summarizing next week. Um, So... uh, Let's take a moment to pray before we leave for worship. Lord God, we thank you that your blessing is there for us. Give us the strength and the courage to embrace the depths of your love and to live from that place. Go with us as we enter into worship that we would be fully present and celebrating your presence in our lives. Amen.